0: Welcome to the Joey Miller Podcast. I'm Pastor Joey Miller from Champion Christian Center, and I am so happy that you tuned in with us today. We have so much to talk about out of God's Word, and you are going to be blessed. But let me just remind you, before we jump in, don't forget to check out JoeyMiller.co for all sorts of resources, from merch to Bible studies to podcast notes to blogs. You will be blessed, so check it out today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. If you're enjoying it and you want to share it with a friend, a great way to let us know is to like it, to share it, and to subscribe. So make sure you do that as well. Well, let's get into the word together. What we want
1: to help an individual learn to do is distinguish
0: what's motivating this behavior? Am I
1: operating from a compulsive reaction in this moment? Or am I joyfully responding to a need that I see in the world around me? So I'll stop
0: there in case you have any questions uh, before we move on to the others. No, I think this is so interesting. And, um, you know, a couple things, uh, even as you're talking about the different Enneagram types, I could see a little bit of myself in each one of them. Of course, you know, I've taken the test and you see what your majority is. But um, how many of these do you feel like crossover? And then within that, within the healthy line of motivation versus um, maybe the, the uh, I forget what you call it, a shadow or a place of ego, maybe. Um, how often do you feel like we need to keep that in check? Does it often bleed over? Or is it like, hey, when I get up and do my devotion, that's my reset. I'm walking with the Lord.
1: <laughs> oh, I love this question. It This question usually comes out with my clients. They'll say, Carissa, how long do I need to do this work for? <laughs> and I usually will say, well, the good news is, is you won't need to work with me for forever. Um, the goal is that I would help you learn and gain access to the tools that you need to begin to continue this work on your own. But I will speak for myself. This is lifelong work for me. I'm 11 years in to using this tool for my spiritual growth. It has been the most helpful tool for my own discipleship journey and spiritual journey. And every day, sometimes multiple times a day, I am reflecting on, you know, either in the moment or after a moment has passed, God where was they're an unhealthy type three motivation at work here. Um, And oftentimes, you know, for, for me as a type three, there's a very real awareness of how am I performing? Am I doing well? How are others seeing me in this moment? And so whether it's um, how I am behaving as a parent at a baseball game with my child or how I'm handling a difficult conversation with an employee The awareness of, like, in the background of my mind, how am I performing? Am I doing good? And some of that has really helped me to be successful and to operate in some very socially acceptable ways. There's also a sense of, I want some freedom from that. And I have experienced some freedom from that, where it's it's not that I'm showing up and saying, this is who I am. Now everybody needs to deal with it because that is not a healthy uh, way of interacting and loving and serving people. But there is a place to go, God, help me to be more authentically who you have called and created me to be. And that's part of what growth looks like for me as an Enneagram three. And so what I will tell you is who I am today is healthier and freer than who I was a year ago and five years ago and 11 years ago. And part of that has been because of the work with the Enneagram. And it's part of why this is the tool I've chosen to use when I'm doing coaching and consulting work, because it really helps us understand ourselves with greater clarity. And I mean, it's a catchy line, but I use it all the time. We, re-
0: we can't invite God to change things about us that we cannot see about ourselves. That's so good. That is so, so good. Inviting him into the process of, of the brokenness or of the issues that that need um, him to come in and, and provide the grace for us to grow in. I love that. Now, how much of uh, Enneagram personality with us in the process, then we kind of continue to be on autopilot. Yes. And so how much of it would you say, I think our internet's going a little bit wonky, um, but would you say is born, like you're born with this Enneagram or how much of it is learned or picked up? Oh, goodness. That
1: is the million dollar question. So I would say those who are a lot smarter than me and who have been doing this work a lot longer than me, the majority of them would say that this is Wired into us and designed into us by our creator. And that pieces of it then maybe are magnified uh, based off of our experiences and our family of origin and how we grew up. If we experienced trauma, especially at a younger age, sometimes we um, may adjust. Are you
0: there? Yes. Yeah. Cut out for just a second. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The unique way. I'm sorry. You were talking about how God made us. Yeah. And so I think what the Enneagram helps us understand
1: is, is the unique way that God has wired us up and created us. So I'll come back. Um, this is a, it's a vulnerable tool. You know, I'll usually tell people that this isn't one that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. Um, but that's part of what makes it effective. So I like to use my own personal examples, because I'll, I'll be the one that uh, chooses to be vulnerable. But, you know, as an Enneagram three, the strength is my ability to get stuff done. And I enjoy work, and I love work. And I see possibility and potential in people that oftentimes they don't even see in themselves. And, you know, part of what we bring to the world is this reflection of, I think the potential and the possibility that God sees in us as his church and as humanity and as the people of God. So that would be some of the strengths. The potential flip side of that is that if I'm not aware, I can sometimes get so focused on the goal or the objective or the work that I miss out on the relationships and the people and being present in the moment. Uh, to God and to the people around me, because I'm so focused on just getting the next thing done.
0: So good. You know, I um, had my kids do the Enneagram tests, and just um, speaking into if it's your environment or if it's given to you by God, each, I have five kids. Each one of them is so different. And it made me understand them. Uh, so much better, because I think one of the greatest gifts that Enneagram did for me was for me to realize that not everybody sees life through the perspective, like you said, or the lens that I see it through. And uh, for me, a lot of times I see it through the lens of this is the standard, like this is how it should be. And, you know, why is everybody else not trying to meet that standard? Or, or, you know, Um, so so I think for me to see maybe my more free spirited 15-year-old daughter who is not like trying to put on a show for anyone. Like she's just like so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and so authentic. It really blows my mind. But Mm -hmm. instead of trying to put her into the mold of who I am, Enneagram helped me to celebrate her and understand that, that everyone that I work with, everybody that I have a relationship with, everybody in life isn't like me. And that is actually a good thing. And so why don't you speak to that about how Enneagrams can actually help um, in our relationships. And then if you want to dive into some more of the personality types, uh, feel free to.
1: Yeah, so um, this is probably the thing that I enjoy teaching on and coaching and consulting the most. And so, you know, emotional intelligence is a really hot topic over the last couple of decades in um, the corporate space, in the church space. We're just really understanding that emotional intelligence is the highest indicator of success, uh, regardless of where and how you're leading. You can be leading in your home with your children. You can be leading in a ministry context, leading in a business context but the ability to have self-awareness and social awareness, and then to manage our responses appropriately and effectively is what sets the best leaders apart. And so the Enneagram as a tool helps us increase emotional intelligence because we start with the self-awareness piece, which is what we've been talking about so far, like understanding our own motivations and how we uniquely see the world. And then what you're starting to lead us into now is the social awareness piece, where as a parent or a leader or a spouse, we go, wait a second, you mean everybody doesn't see the, the world the same way that I do? And and the, there are other perspectives that are not necessarily wrong and I'm right, or I'm wrong and they're right. It's that we're different. God has created us uniquely. And how can I understand that person and have compassion and empathy for for that person and then adjust in appropriate ways to serve them effectively, you know? And so as a leader, it's, it's, it's figuring out, okay, what, what is the way that I am seeing the world and how I am viewing things. And then now, if I'm understanding those who I am leading, um, what are some of the adjustments we can make? So, marriage is my favorite example to use with this because we tend to get it in marriage first that it's not that, you know, I have to do all of the adjusting and my spouse just gets to be who they are. That's not a healthy marriage. But doing this dance of, I get to be me and you get to be you, but we both meet in the middle. So we're serving one another and loving one another and adjusting for one another. Well, that's what makes some of the healthiest, most satisfying marriages. Well, that works in any relationship where there's some give and take. It's not, you have to do everything my way as the leader, or you have to do everything my way as the child. It's how do I die a little bit to myself? and adjust and serve you well doesn't mean that i'm not setting expectations doesn't mean i'm not holding you accountable accountable for actions and behavior and results and all of the things but the way we communicate the way that we extend grace the way that we navigate tough conversations uh, the enneagram provides a great map for how to do that well
0: so good and i feel like it even uh, that celebration piece too because our natural inclination is when we see somebody different from us or responding differently to judge it as right or wrong, or to then turn the mirror back on myself, or even be hard on myself. Like why? Mm-hmm. Why are they so much like this, and I can't be like that? But um, but really leaning into our strengths um, as they're revealed to us. And I love um, what you said about it, kind of being um, you know a two-faced coin, so to say. Like your strengths are your weaknesses as well. And um, why don't you briefly just. Um, Talk about that for a second and giving any advice on how we talked about spending time with the Lord, crucifying our flesh, um, but how to be aware of that as a person, as a leader, uh, as a mom running uh, our homes. What, What advice would you give somebody?
1: So I think for me, what it starts with is understanding what is my Enneagram type and what are the core motivations that go along with my Enneagram type. So each type has a core fear, a core desire, a core longing and a core weakness. And so when I start with a coaching client, what we really begin our work with is helping them to understand the core fear of their Enneagram type and then helping them learn to begin to look for how is that core fear motivating the way that I'm thinking, the way that I am feeling, the way that I am acting because our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings drive our behavior. And so if we're zeroing in on that root cause, then that's what increases self-awareness and then we're able to then you know surrender that back to God and invite God into that place. Um you know so for me as an enneagram 3, uh <laughs> the fear and these are just never this is not fun work. It's effective work, it's beautiful work, but it feels brutal. But the core fear for me as a 3 is I am afraid of being exposed as or thought of as incompetent, inefficient, worthless. I'm afraid of failing or appearing to be a failure or not appearing to be successful. And so usually when we hear it the first time, we're like, okay, yeah, I can kind of see that. Or sometimes we, we listen to it and we go, yeah, I'm not sure that that's there, but if we've landed on the right Enneagram type, the more we begin to reflect with God, the more we begin to go, oh man, this is actually driving more of my thinking and feeling and behavior than I've realized up until this point. And so if I begin to notice, you know, in the moments when as a parent or as a leader, I have a level eight, nine, or 10 reaction to something That afterwards, I realized, yeah, that probably just needed like a level two or three response. You know, as humans, we all have those moments, right, where something elicits a strong reaction in us and we either, you know, uh, lose our temper or it's a sharp remark back or we just feel kind of activated in the moment and, and we go with some reflection later, like, what was it about that that really irked me or really hurt my feelings? If we spend some time reflecting on the core fear of our Enneagram type, there's usually some awareness in there that God has for us and an invitation from God to then turn to him for what it is that we're really needing. And the core longing for each Enneagram type is the message that our heart most longs to hear. So it is the way that we uniquely are designed to be loved by God. And if we're lucky, we have people in our life that reflect that to us well, not perfectly because we can only get that from God, but we maybe have had parents or a spouse or really close friends who have reflected some of this message to us as much as humans can. But for threes, our core longing is we desire to hear from God that we are loved and valued simply for being ourselves, yeah. not for what we do, not for how we show up, not for what we achieve, but at the foundation of who we are. Is it true? Is it possible, God, that you could actually love me without all of the trophies and without all the titles and without all of the accolades that when all of that gets stripped away, that who I am in Christ is enough and learning to trust that that is true is life changing. Wow. But that's
0: the message just for us. That's not the message for the right. other eight types. That's so powerful. I'm just recognizing now I was in the car with my dad one day and he said to me, he said, Joey, I love you. And I said, I love you too, dad. And he said, no, I love you just because you're you. And um, now that you're saying that that's the core. A desire, wow! Like I'm like, okay, Lord, you were speaking through my dad. Even like, that. thanks so much for tuning in to the Joey Miller podcast today. I pray you were blessed by God's word. I pray that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you and ministering to you that His grace is empowering you to be everything that you're called to be. Well, until next time, I'll see you on the Joey Miller podcast.